0: About a year ago, uh, my son asked me if I would coach his basketball team. And I, to be quite honest, I had a lot of fears about this. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I have time. I don't know if I'd do a terrible job, you know. Uh, and my son just kind of kept at it. Of like, Dad, would you coach my team? And so finally I said yes, and it did not start off so well. It, it, was, uh, it was hard. We lost the first four games. And I know, it's third grade rec league in Highlands Ranch, but we were terrible, okay? Like, I had no idea how to, like, communicate to these kids how to play basketball. And so we kind of kept at it, and about, like, the fourth loss, it was, like, at that awkward moment where the kids know it's bad, you know? And they were just, like, they kind of came together, and they were like, what can we do? And there was just this new energy, this new synergy around them of, we can do this, we can play together, And, and, and it was really cute, it was like, coach, what do we need to do? And like inside, I'm like, I have no idea how to help you. Like half of them had never played basketball before, you know, and you're like, this is just, I have no idea. And so uh, I, I put together some practices and then everything began to turn. They, they began to encourage one another and challenge one another. And they actually started to play as a team and they started to win. And I had no idea what was going on, but I was along for the ride, you know. And they won their first game and their second game. They won six games in a row. And it was just so neat, their excitement and their energy. And if you've ever seen a third grader's face when they're, like, getting some confidence in their skills, it was just they were beaming after each game. And we came to the semifinals, and the way the Highland Trench Rec League does it, you play the semifinal and the championship game right after and so we're in the semifinal game, and remember, they had built some real confidence as a team. And comes to this, this game, and there's 20 seconds left, the other team scores a basket, and it's 21 to 20. And it was the first time that we realized that they, they, their little minds, and even myself, was like, we may lose. We We had a nice stretch, we had a great season, but that was like the shot of shots, right? And, and you know, in this small gym in Highlands Ranch at the rec center, it's not like March Madness, but you wouldn't know it from the parents, right? The gym is like surging with energy and, and grandparents are the worst, let me tell you. Like, and the gym is going crazy, they score this shot. And so I do what a good coach should do with 20 seconds left, I call a timeout. And they, they came over and they were just, just so like third grader, like bouncing with energy and almost this like shiver and shake to their bounce. And then our point guard, Gray, he looks up at me before anyone could say anything and he goes, Coach, Coach, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And it was, it was so like resoundingly beautiful. He spoke the words that all of us had felt at that moment. Coach, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And I looked into the eye of each one of the the team and we, we were afraid because the reality that our season could come to the end, the reality that we had worked for, they had believed they could win this championship. And now they were 20 seconds away from maybe losing it. Coach, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And I wonder today if you have ever been afraid I wonder what situations in your life have sort of caused you late at night in the silence of your own heart to say that courageous statement of my friend Gray. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Robert Solomon, this philosopher, he teaches us that our emotions or our internals are primary to what it means to be human. Um, Instead of just being sort of subjective feelings that we have, our emotions guide and direct our lives. Instead of dismissing emotions, Robert Solomon says that emotions are what help us find our way in the world. Emotions help us to find meaning and purpose, and our emotions are almost like this internal uh, GPS system we have in our life to navigate and direct ourselves in life. And ironically, emotions trigger us to deeper intellectual thought, deeper reasonings, but our emotions, our internals, are what guides us. And we've been in this series called The Eternal Internal, looking closely at these different internals and thinking deeply about what it might mean. And I want to ask the question today, what... What does it mean that as human beings, we have fear? And, and uh, Robert Solomon says this, that emotions are engagements with the world that give us insight into the world. So today, I want to really simply ask two questions. What does fear teach us about being human? And what insight does this give us into following God, into this Christian life of spirituality? So what does it mean that me and you and everyone I know has real fears, And what does this teach us about what it means to be human and what it means in this experience of God with our life? The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the sort of narrative stories about Jesus' life, they tell a fascinating story about fear. Jesus had had a long day in ministry, caring for the sick, preaching in the Sea of Galilee, and then uh, breaking bread with people, and he decided to send his disciples across the sea by themselves. And as he decides to go up on the mountain and spend some time alone, the disciples get in this boat. And in this boat, a storm begins to come. In this boat, you, the temperature begins to drop. The waves start to crash harder and harder. And as the dark night of this night moves on, real fears begin to swell up in the disciples, who, as you all know, are fishermen. These fears begin to just pulse within them, to be, begin to just grab a hold and strangle their hearts. And they are pressing the oars with all their might. They're doing everything they can because you know, out on that ancient sea, there's only two options it's live and get across, or it's capsize and go under. So these disciples are, with the weather and the storm and these waves batting against this ancient boat, they're saying just what Gray was saying I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And they have to face this deeply human thing, this core emotion to us all of fear. They have to face that on this sea, in the late night of the hour, with the coldness swelling around them, that this could be the end of their life. And I think that this story, this wonderfully beautiful story in the gospel, is our story. And I think that this story is actually the Easter story. Because haven't we all been in that boat? Haven't there been experiences and times where we, if we're honest with ourselves, have to say, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And aren't we as a culture in that place, that place of fear, not knowing what the future might hold for us? And so we say as a community together, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. So maybe we are the ones that are in that boat not knowing how this is all going to turn out. We're rowing with all of our might. Our shoulders are sore. We have no idea what the future holds. We are gripped with fear. And there's many things I think there are to fear. We, we fear ourselves. We fear so that of we have these insecurities and these inadequacies inside of our very selves, right? We, say, we question ourselves, say, do I have what it takes? Am I beautiful enough? Am I a worthy person? And these tapes keep playing, these fears about ourselves. We fear others. We wonder if we can really trust other people, our neighbors, our friends, our family. We ask ourselves, will I be disappointed this time? Will I be let down? Will I be betrayed? We fear our world. We fear institutions and bureaucracies that constantly don't work for the good of the common whole. We fear what they could bring about in our life. We fear that maybe our world is a scarce world, not an abundant world. We fear the future. We mull over in our minds over and over again of, am I going to pay the next month's rent? Is my business idea going to work? Can I possibly stay in this job, this monotony, any longer? And these fears eat away at us. Fears and fears and fears. And, and if we're really honest, we, we, we have some fears about faith. Is this story really true? When I'm in that boat all alone and there is no one to help me, will there be a resurrection? Does Christian spirituality really give me the peace and the love and the compassion that I desperately long for and need? So fears, fears, and more fears. Everything is so scary in our culture, isn't it? We live all the time in this culture of fear. What fascinates me about Jesus' story is on that last week, he makes the journey to the cross and he's betrayed and handed over by his best friend and Jesus fears. He says in the Garden of Gethsemane, before all of this Comes about, He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus knew what it was like to fear. And then on the cross, at the very darkest hour of the night, when everything was lost, Jesus says this prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Fears upon fears. And it, it, it hit me this week that Jesus is in the boat with us. Jesus understands what it's like to just be racked, to have our, our lives mired in this fear upon fear. Everything seems so scary, doesn't it? And we learn a lot from neuroscience, and neuroscience is teaching us about what's going on when we fear. And our, our brain literally is this complex, amazing, three-pound thing that's a, a mystery to all, but neuroscientists have taught us that there's these two particular parts of the brain there's this amygdala, and then there's this frontal lobe, and this amygdala actually triggers uh, all your fears. And what happens is, is um, and the amygdala is actually—it's uh, an older part of your brain, and the frontal lobe is a more developed. So as we evolve as human beings, you have this amygdala that, that is meant to say danger, danger, and it surges through you. It was good when we lived. And there was a saber-toothed tiger and it said, danger, danger, run. Or when you need to swim from the killer shark in the way, in the ocean, right? It says danger, danger, and, and the amygdala's job is to get you to teach you when something is really you know that sixth sense in someone when there's danger around and they just know? It's that's your amygdala. And that amygdala is made for you to fight or to flee. But as the humans evolve, we have this frontal lobe. And your frontal lobe is a place where your deep rationality works, where you think about, hey, why am I feeling that way? What what am I really afraid of? It's your processing center in your brain. And so it's like you have these two uh, computer systems that work. And interestingly enough, when the amygdala is fired, your frontal lobe shuts down. When your frontal lobe is fired, your amygdala shuts down. So we are... Created, We are holistic creatures that have fear and also the ability to escape fear within our very beings. Isn't that amazing? That within our beings is the ability to be afraid and to fear and in our building is the ability to rationalize and think deeply about that fear. So what do we learn about what it means to have fears as human beings? We learn that none of us escape fears. All of us are predisposed to have fear. Fear is a part of the human condition. Fear is a part of what it means for me and you, to be honest. So we understand Gray when he says, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And it brought me incredible encouragement this week when even the disciples encountered this fear and experienced it deeply. And after the resurrection happens, after the death happens, every one of the Gospels have this this refrain about how the disciples feared. One second. Dramatic pause for effect. There you go. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples, see this fear. And then my favorite one that comes from the Gospel of Mark So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. That's how the Gospel Mark ends in the earliest manuscripts. Great story, right? We're seized with fear on Resurrection Sunday, and we all, and and that's it. That's the end of the story. And then, (laughs) terrible. And then it goes on. If you'll just click those for me, because something's not working. Yeah, thank you. Next slide. Okay. I got one memorized, I'll tell you. The Gospel of John. The Gospel of John ends this way. There's all this fear, and the Gospel of John, instead of showing the fear, the, all the disciples lock themselves in their room and they are afraid. And then the she's going to get to it. But um, there we go. Next one. Next one. Boom. There we go. Next one. Yep. I love technology. (laughs) Sing your Napoleon Dynamite with me now. Napoleon Dynamite on Easter Sunday. Amazing. (laughs) Okay, there it is. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth. This fear and fear and fear. And then, and then here it is in the midst of our fears. There's this astonishing, this mysterious, this beautiful experience that happens. That on those waters, while we're in that boat, while we don't know if anything can happen, Jesus appears. Jesus comes to us. And Jesus says these incredibly beautiful words to us. Jesus says, take heart. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then Jesus says to us on this resurrection Easter moment for us, peace be with you. And then Jesus says again, I am with you always. And then again, I am giving you the spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline, not fear. So the message of Easter Sunday is although what it means to be human is to fear, It's your fears are no longer first place because of what God has done in your life. Fear is not the reigning reality. Next slide, please. It's like this. I heard that when you play the chord on a violin, that another violin in the room will sing the same tune. So it's as if through this death and through this life and through this resurrection, Jesus has played this violin chord for us. And this is a violin chord of, of love and of compassion and of grace upon grace. And what this beautiful chord does is it sings this tune so loudly that it resonates with the human heart, that it calms every fear we once thought, that it literally brings forth, it resounds so deeply within us that it um, causes our, the image of God that is within every heart to know That love is the thing that triumphs, no longer fear. It puts fear in its proper place, a secondary position. And it puts love where it belongs as the top reality of our life. Fear doesn't define us. Love is the thing that shapes us over and over again. So, next slide. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And then there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fears. So what do we learn about what it means to be human? We learn that we all have fears and that what it means to live in real community with one another is to be honest about those fears, to not be afraid to call one another and to cry out when we need to and say, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And what insight does this give us into this adventure of Christian spirituality? It reminds us that fear is a terrible first chair. Fear sings a terrible solo, right? Fear should never be in the driver's seat of our life. And Jesus has made the world so that fear is now singing, that love is now the thing that sings the solo, that love is the thing that breaks through to our hearts, that fear takes its place in its useful ways. When we run from saber-toothed tigers like we do all the time in Highlands Ranch, and love is the thing that leads us into the future, that allows us to look at our world and the horizon of our world filled with possibilities, filled with abundancy, because it's the message of love, the message of this victory over the deepest, darkest fears that we celebrate on Easter morning, that your life now does a transformation to putting love in the first chair, of allowing your heart and your life to be shaped by compassion and grace. So Gray tells me, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, and I know my role as a coach right now is to get on my whiteboard and to write down a play, a, a spectacular play that's going to win this game for the third grade rec division at Highlands Ranch, right? So I've got my clipboard, I, I, and, I, and I, I knew something wasn't right. The, they just, the look in their eyes was like, oh, no, I've lost them. So here's what I did. I invited them to sit crisscross applesauce on the floor with me, and I realized what this sounds like, and I invited them to breathe in and to breathe out. And for some of you, you're like hippy dippy baloney, right? In Highlands Ranch. And as we sat on that floor, I was gonna take our full 60 seconds for our timeout. And as I asked them to breathe in and to breathe out, I looked into their eyes and I just said, hey, we've done this a hundred times. You can do this. Go have fun. That's literally all I said. And so the ref blows the whistle. He looks at me like I'm crazy, right? The parents are like furious. Grandparents are fuming, right? And and uh, the whistle blows, and Chandler throws the ball in to Gray, and Gray dribbles up the court, and you can just tell they're on this mission. And and Gray passes the ball to my son Trey, and Trey takes this hard drive to the basket, and he passes it to Tate, and as the seconds are winding down, Tate puts up a shot off the backboard. One second left, swish! We won. It was incredible, and. Uh, <laughs> And you should have seen the, the little energy that was surging within them. They grabbed each other, and they were like, oh, oh, oh. And I have no idea what that means. Some tribal language of our amygdalas, right? Like, and they were just so filled with joy that it's this little moment of empowerment, this little moment where they realize that fierce. Don't define us anymore, but love defines us. There is a power surging within you that is greater than all the fears this world has to offer. And then an hour later, we won the championship, as you can see, which was very cool. So as we conclude this morning, what are you afraid of? The message of Easter is that love is more transformative than fear. And will you in this moment on Easter Sunday, surrounded by all these people, ask Jesus to meet you in your fears and to give you the courage for the days ahead. Amen.